Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of Remastered. I'm here, your host, Brother Abdullahi Freeman. I'm joined with a very special guest. And today we'll be talking about Minority Report. Now, I kind of named it that because, you know, it's catchy. It's not really about the movie because I've never seen the movie Minority Report before. So, yeah, it's a, it's a movie. Anyway, introducing our guest, Sister Nandi Shabazz. Assalamu alaikum, Nandi. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Like I said, we're going to be talking about being a minority in educational spaces, workspaces, mm-hmm. and life in general, just existing. Um, so hopefully, yeah. you know, are you are you considered a minority, like right, or are you part of the majority? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I guess it depends on your definition. I that's a really interesting question. Great way to start off. <laughs> what would like? How do you define like a minority? Really, right? Like, is it somebody that's like? Like, like you said, right? Like, you could be mm. a minority amongst a larger group if it's more of them. But if in certain spaces, you could be a majority, you know? So that's a, like, it's yeah. complex. It is. I mean, I think I view... So there's, like, larger society, right? There's, like, the... Mm-hmm. In, in our context, living in America, like, there's the United States as a whole thinking of, like, racial, like not disparities, but like breakups, like what is like the majority racial category that makes up the United States. Um, And then in that sense, then yeah, yeah, I am a minority. And then also just like, like you said, that also changes depending on the context in which you're in. So while in larger society, there's like multiple minorities, right? Because of how, what the racial demographic is in the United States. but when we look in like the Muslim community specifically, right? Even though like, let's say South Asian community is considered a minority within the larger context of the United States. When we're looking at the Muslim community, they're in certain like com- like states, they are the majority, right? Mm-hmm. So me being in South Florida, for example, uh, we're predominantly like South Asian Muslims here. So well, that is considered the majority of the Muslims here. In the larger context, they're the minority. So, like, it's, it's interesting. But, like, I feel like if you go to Atlanta, it's a little different than, like, in Texas or I don't know. Where depending you, where on what part that? of Texas. Texas, it could be, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just depending where you're at, really, what circles and, you know. That's true. I, I, I can give you that. I think when people think of Texas, I think of Dallas and, like, Imam Omar Suleiman and, like, the, was it Valley Ranch Masjid? Like, that. That's like the only thing I think I mean, of when I think of I'm Muslims in Texas. You know, I, I, yeah. Houston. I like Houston. I know the I Dallas people gonna be Houston. mad about that, but I've never been to Dallas before. <laughs> so, I've been to Dallas, Dallas once. Dallas is hot. The whole state is hot. I couldn't do that. Yeah, Texas, like, it has this weird thing where like after twelve like everything is cool, then at like twelve PM they like put on like a, a oven or a microwave or something and things <laughs> just get like blazing hot. Like it's but you know, it, it's interesting, like you said, right? Like you like certain communities or in certain spaces they're the majority but then in certain places it's like they're the minority right or they are the minority Mm. and just balancing that out you know really it that really dictates a lot of like actions people take right Mm. and the um i don't want to say gall but the 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 comfortability people feel is comfortability a word I didn't study English. We, we, we can grow with it. Yeah, sure. Comfort, comfortability, comfortability is a word for today. If it's not a word, comment and let me know what's the real word below, please. <laughs> but just the comfortability of, you know, being 
yourself, I guess, or that that uh, mm. that version of you that's at your house with your mother or with your siblings, like that version of you, you know, mm-hmm. I think just depending on who's there, it gives people certain more, I guess, leeway, you could say. Mm. I'm going to need you to like repeat that in like a different way. I'm saying like people, depending the actions people take mm-hmm. really varies with the people. So for example, right, you may feel more comfortable to do certain things because you're amongst a group of people you know, mm. right? Maybe people mm-hmm. from the same community, same ethnic group, same race, same religion, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, so for example, when I when you hang out with non-Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have to pray. You pray a lot. It's like, okay, like you do it, right? But mm-hmm. when you're with Muslims, saying you got to go pray is not like a, it's like almost like second nature. You don't even have to double think it. You don't have to say how to slide it in. You just Hey, it's time for a lot. Or hey, guys, I forgot to pray. I'll say, oh, I'm about to grab it. Oh yeah, okay, go go go. They'll even like facilitate you doing this action, right? Mm-hmm. So you know things like that really varies depending on the group, you know. Yeah, I know for sure. I think um, uh, like group dynamics and just being able to there's like you said, yeah, I agree. There's there's a there's a huge sense of comfort that comes from just being in spaces with people that you're comfortable in. Um, or comfortable with that you know that you know how to navigate. It's like one of those things where, very much so, like you said, you can um, be your full self. And I don't think mm-hmm. oftentimes we're afforded that. So I definitely appreciate when I'm in spaces where I'm like, okay, I can like I don't have to worry about certain things that I do when I'm in like other spaces, right? Where I can just Mm -hmm. like, just not overthink, I don't know how I'm dressed, overthink how I talk, making sure I don't use certain words or certain phrases that like might not be completely understood or taken out of context. Or on the flip side, have to worry about other folks using like terms and like, and phrases that coming from like outside groups in can be a bit like mm, like you know you, you can't like you can't say you those it. things uh-huh. yeah and so being in spaces at least for me like specifically like majority of, like black muslim spaces like it's, it's always a vibe um and yeah so i can definitely get that that like that comfort let's, aspect so let's 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 like let's take it to like the school a bit right so real quick mm. you know like just, you know, if you want to just give everybody, like, just your background, you know. Typically, I introduce the people, but, you know, I feel like you'll be like, <laughs> I didn't introduce you the way you want to be introduced. No, I'm just playing. But if you want to just introduce yourself to the people, give them, like, your background, what you graduated in, what you do a little bit, you know. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess. I feel like you should have started off introducing me. Now it feels awkward. Um, but you I... You awkward. You introducing yourself. Yalla. As you said, my name is Nadi Shabazz. Um, I currently live in n- near Miami. It's like a small little suburb right north of Miami, but it's basically Miami um, in Florida. I think there's like a random Miami, Ohio or something like that. Not that Miami. It's the, yes, um, the university that's out there, yeah. That's crazy. Miami of Oxford, yeah. I know somebody who went there. 
Okay, then let me not say nothing too bad. Um, I uh, did my <laughs> undergraduate degree at Florida International University, FIU. Um, I did a double major in international relations and political science. That was umpteen years ago, it feels like. Um, and then last year, alhamdulillah, I graduated with my master's degree in public policy. Um, I am doing a lot of different things at the moment. Um, n not many of which actually deals with my degree. So it's one of those problems that you run into when you don't study STEM. It's like, oh, I went to, you know, grad school, did the whole like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. I'm just playing around. I, I, I feel <laughs> like that's the majority of America though. Like people yeah. like, work in tech and have like a degree in like, uh, I don't know. Earth, Liberal arts. science or something like that. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's just so no, that's fun. But in that space, right? Like those two, mm -hmm. like you were a hijabi, and then a black yeah. woman, which is not mm -hmm. a lot of people that are in either one of those spaces. So, mm -hmm. what was that experience like being a double major in both of those majors as a hijabi and as a black Muslim, mm -hmm. or as and as a that's black woman? Because I guess a hijabi would be a Muslim woman. So you know, yeah. Um. That's an interesting question. You're making me think all the way way back when to 2012 when I started college. Um, I mean, I I so I guess like let's just like throw down like like what FIU was like, right? So FIU is in mm -hmm. Miami, um, but like it's in Miami, you, Miami, or is it in like the suburbs? It's in Miami, Miami, like. There's this street called, it's like, what is it, Southwest 8th Street? Like, we call it Calle Ocho because it's like 8th Street. It's very, very, like, Miami-esque, very, like, heavily, like, Cuban influence, very much so. Like, when people think of, like, Miami, like, like, have you ever seen, I'm just going to, do you, have you ever seen the music videos where, like, that Chris Brown song, Kiss Kiss, with Chris Brown and T-Pain? A long time ago, where they're a like, long like time at college. Yeah, yeah like that was shot at my yeah. university. So if anyone's mm -hmm. seen that music video, if you look, I don't know, I don't know what it's what's in it. So I'm not gonna say look it up, but <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that—that's where I went to school at, right? Very Miami. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people have a misconception about Miami, where they think it's like, okay, like we're like so close to like the Caribbean, to like South America, we're like real diverse. Like it's not. Not so much so. Um, and so in a lot of the classes that I was taking specifically like in like the social sciences realm, um, there weren't a lot of black students like period. Um, in, in the majority of classes that I had, um, there were a, a few Muslims who were in the classes that I was that, that I was taking like folks that like I met through like MSA like I can think of like off the top of my head two other folks who were like in the same major as I was um, but a lot of other people were like pre-med is like it's like feel like it's like the Muslim stereotype for you to be like a doctor and engineer or a yeah, lawyer. Let me say that man it got look Muslims I know it's money <laughs> in the medical field but please it's this is listen man it got to be five to Dunya, like you gotta learn something else, please. Like, do something else, please. Not like 50 they, people they, all doing the same major, which I, yeah. you know, mashallah, like, I'm not hating, but just jokefully, like, please. 
No, we, we got I know a lot like, of parents going to cancel me after this. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 47 doctors whose names are Muhammad. Like, it's great. But like, if all of see, the Muslims walked out of healthcare, we would have a crisis in America. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a crisis in America. <laughs> They really, they really would, cause it's ridiculous. But like, if they walked out of like, I don't know, politics, they'd be like, oh, we might have missed like two. Oh, it's like yeah, like, like or three. Actually, you left. know what? Shout, shout out to Munira in in. Dang, was I talking about? Oh, and about Abdullah Akul. Shout out Abdullah Abdullah Akul. Yeah, you know what? You know, yeah, we're yeah. we 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 got some folks. We're we're doing the thing, but yeah. So it it was it was interesting. Um. I, I think I was also in college in a really interesting time because I think when I started, it was Obama's second term, and I was still in school when Trump got elected as well. So it was just yeah, that's 2012 to 2016. Yep. Yeah. So like all of that was just going on while I was in school. Um, personally, I don't feel like I had any like weird interactions. Um I can think of a couple of moments where like things were being discussed in classes and I was like, this is kind of like Aki, but like nothing that stood out to make me be like, this is, this is not. Wait, when you say Aki, you mean like awkward? Yeah. Because when you said Aki, I thought of like, you know, the dudes who like the Aki way, you know what I'm saying? The dudes in New York who making a chopped cheese. Like, yeah, that's what I thought about. That's what okay, I thought about, but no, definitely. No, definitely. <laughs> like, yo, the axe. Like, no, yeah. No, like, A-W-K-Y, like, Aki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's, so it was just, it was just, it was real interesting, I'll say. I don't, I don't think anything, like, crazy came up. Um, I think a lot of the times to kind of help me get through, like, situations where I was like, okay, this is, like, a little weird. I was heavily involved in like MSA from like my sophomore year. And then towards the end, I also got really involved with like BSU as like, just like as a member, but like finding solace in those spaces also kind of helped um, as well. And helped in some ways, not so much in others. And so, but yeah, so it was was, was a fun time overall. I had fun. So you say like, you know, it's interesting that you say Miami wasn't that like, because I think Miami, you say it wasn't that diverse, but I think I seen some stat that said Miami is like the second most diverse city in North America after like Toronto. You know what I mean? Like it was like, really? wow, that's, yeah, it was some stat I seen. Um, now, of course, I think New York may have more than everybody because New York is like a super mega city. Everybody's mm. there, right? Like everything you want, everybody you could ever meet, right? But that's interesting because, you know. Miami's when I went at least you know what wow it goes back to that first point you said because if you're in the greater context of like the greater America if you're Mm. from like I don't know middle of nowhere Nebraska Iowa like those places where it's really predominantly homogenous cultures of like just the one type that's the majority of the United States right when you think of places like Miami you would think Miami's super duper diverse which it Mm. is but then if you're in Miami as a minority, then you're a minority. So the people that are seen as a minority are actually the majority. Because Cubans, yeah, Cubans really got a big grip on Miami. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, like, it's noticeable, right? And shout out to Cuban people, right? Mashallah, some of them are Muslim. 
uh, I hope more of our brothers and sisters join the dean, inshallah. Um, but speak to this when you when you decide what like when you decided on those majors and you seen mm-hmm. you were the only hijabi there, you're the only black woman there. Were there ever times it discouraged you, or did you just feel like ah, it's cool, it's whatever, or did you not realize it till later down the line? Um, I mean, you you definitely realize it. I think the reason why I, I, it wasn't discouraging. I think um, when you operate as a minority, so like so like for example, right? You said that Miami is is considered one of like the most diverse cities, I guess mm-hmm. after like Toronto. Um, Miami is diverse and that there's a lot of people from different places, but Miami is also very segregated. So mm. like I, outside of like specific places, um, every, every like place in Miami is run by like a different group of people, right? So like I'm in Miramar, uh, Miramar Pembroke is very close together, but like Miramar specifically is like run by like like our entire city council. I'm pretty sure is like Jamaican, right? Um, Miami is like like the Cubans hold down like Miami, like that is like their space. Um, there's within Miami, there's like also smaller little enclaves. So like there's like Little Haiti, there's like Liberty City, there's Miami Gardens, and these all are like where specific. There's Miami Hialeah. Yeah, Miami Beach. Um, but like a lot of different people. <laughs> a lot of different people. No, because I said that because I went, wait, it was a lot of Jewish people in Miami Beach. Oh, we have, so I'm not, I like, I don't hang out in like Miami because Miami is like Miami, they, they do way too much there. Um, we have a large Jewish population in Fort Lauderdale for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially cause like we have a lot of folks who like come from up North, um, from like New York, all of the cold States and they come down here and yeah, whatnot, but like there's a, yeah. mm-hmm. and so that kind of like, also that's also like another like group dynamic that's also added into the mix where like, if you're like in Dania beach area, for example, um, they have a large population there. Um, but it's the people generally stay in their like small little like enclave. So like little, I mean, aside from like gentrification that's happening now, right? So like, we're kind of like losing little Haiti, we're losing Liberty City, which is like traditional, like black really? or like diaspora, diasporic areas. Um, what area predominantly of, Muslims be at? There's, I think majority of Muslims are in like Broward County and like North Miami area. So I think there's like a large population like Miami Gardens. Um, Broward County has like a lot and there's more like up north in like Pompano area-ish. I don't think there's that many, like the more south you go, I think there's like less. Um, also because the more south you go, that's just, that's like when you think of like Miami, like you see on like TV, like bad boys, like that's that's what people still think of. <laughs> so we don't really, like we're not really there too much, At least, not like permanently, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, so I, I've been used to being like the only like black Muslim woman in, in spaces before. Um, so even like in high school, I wasn't like, I went to a majority black high school. Right. But like, I was one of two hijabis who were in the school. So like, that's always just been like a constant. Um, so when I was in university, it wasn't really 
that different than what I've already experienced. Um, in middle school, I think I was the only hijabi. Um, and in like early middle school, I was the only black Muslim in like the Islamic school that I was at, right? So it was kind of, or like one of, again, one of two, right? So there's always just been like this dynamic where I'm kind of used to being like the only one who looks like me in a space. Um, so when I was in college, that didn't really have an effect on how I felt like I could be in classes. I think I took more so like, okay, like I, I'm here and I'm in this space. Um, Let me ask you this. And man. I felt, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's very interesting. Like, what did you, what was the conclusion you came to in your head to make you say, like, accept it at least, right? Because a, a lot of people struggle with that, right? At mm-hmm. least dealing with that isolation and the, the magnified effect of like everything you do like it's it's like what is it in sociology i think it's called like master identity or i forget the mm-hmm. terminology but it's something like the first thing when people see you that's what they like identify first so they see you mm-hmm. okay she has the hijab on okay so she's muslim or she's religious some religious group that's what they think with the headscarf then they see mm-hmm. she's black okay so she's black so whatever perceptions they have of muslims or black people they like subconsciously may impose on you you know mm-hmm. how did you come with uh just that to that realization to be able to like okay this is what it is and just cope with it and be able to like progress forward because mashallah you finished your bachelor's you finished your master's now of course i could be ignorant in the fact that maybe you did go through some type of emotional distress that we're not discussing mm-hmm. which we don't have to but like you still pursue like you completed your goals mashallah so you were able to overcome that to some degree you know mm-hmm. um i mean i i don't know well okay, well you know what it it i think that that that's fair i i think i was going to say i don't think i i had that moment where i was like oh i'm like representing so much just being myself um but i did i think however the reason that it never felt like a burden was probably because of how I was raised. Um, what if, did your parents if, do? If it's a, so, it's a process, what, right? Like, what did they? I, mean, it, I I don't I I couldn't I couldn't tell you what they did. I think like if anyone who is like I don't know if you've like formally met my father before. I think anyone who has knows knows how how my dad is and i think it was kind of just like from when we were younger just constantly being aware that like of who we are what we represent the family that we come from the strength that's there um what islam is like and and the model with which we have to live up to um and i think because that was so heavily ingrained into us like me and my siblings like that was kind of just like it, it was it was like that's just like is what it is so it's like okay well yeah like i'm a black muslim woman like uh my name is nandi i know where my name where like i know what my name means i know like the strength that's behind my name like we're what turners that's uh, I, oh, that's all like, okay. So I, I know who I was named after. So if you've ever seen, um, the, mo- I don't know if it was a movie or a series. I think it came out in like the eighties called Shaka Zulu. 
All right, please be careful because your dad might see this and be like, you don't remember what I named you after, so please be I know, that would be crazy. Right? That's why I was like, oh, I was like, this is going online. It's very different when you're, like, talking to somebody, you make mistakes, and no one's going to know. I'm going to get texts, be like, so that's wrong. Um, But, but yeah, so um, there was a movie that came out in the 1980s or a series um, called Shaka Zulu. Shaka Zulu was was, uh, a warrior chief from the Zulu nation in South Africa, who is known for fighting off the Dutch when they first started their um, attempts at colonization. His mother's name was Nandi, and that's who I was named after. Oh, um, I remember when I was younger, I like looked it up on the internet and it said it meant like strong-willed in Swahili. I don't know how accurate that is um, because you can't really trust Sheikh Google all the time. Um, but I know, that's why I say I know who I was named after. I don't know if like the translation of the name is accurate. Whether it is or not, I think the name, the translation that I found all those years ago is still very fitting. So, but yeah, so that's... If you speak Swahili or you speak uh, Dembele or you speak uh, Kosa, or is it Kosa? Kosa. They, they click when they say Kosa, you know what I mean? They do, and I, Zulu, I went... Yeah. Please, comment it. Let us name. know, <laughs> because if, if I'm wrong, please <laughs> yeah. don't, like, come after me. Just, like, send me, like, yeah. send a message to Abdullah and Abdullah will send it to me, and then, then I'll know. Yeah. If it's a bad um, message, don't send it to me. <laughs> don't send it to me either you can just just yeah, keep it in the drafts message, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah but that's interesting so your parents mm-hmm. really like that support system really helped you uh move forward in uh what you were dealing with and going through really just that life I, aspect in shaping you yeah, I, mean, I don't think i would say it's a it's i guess it was more like a preventative matter because i don't feel like there was any instance where like i had to overcome who feeling like I I was like, I didn't belong in a space. Um, I think that didn't come till I was older. When I was an undergrad, it was kind of just like, again, because of like the strong sense of like pride that comes from like who I am, like we're Turner's, like Turner Shabazz, like that, like, what do you mean? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? Like that, like that's really how, We've been, I don't know if that's good or not, but that's how we've been, we've been like told to, or been taught to operate that like, if I walk into a space and I'm the only person that looks like me in the room, like, like I, my job is to make sure that like, I make way for like other folks who look like me to be in that room and to remind the people who are in that room that like more than anyone else, like I deserve to be in that space and they should like, and like, that's just, that's just how I was raised to be. Um, and so I feel like that's how I operated while I was an undergrad. I think a lot of those questions of like, mm, do I, am I really supposed to be here? Um, like that imposter syndrome type stuff. Like I'm the only one who looks like me. Is this space, the space for me? A lot of that came after graduating, after working for a bit and a little bit while in grad school as well. Okay, so let's 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 dive into that. You know, mm. um, okay. so what is? How would you? And let, like, let me share a little bit, I guess, about myself in terms of the undergrad space. I think that, well, not even about myself, but I think one thing to note about you, at least, is that even though you did, you were a minority, you were still a minority amongst minorities, right? So mm. maybe some of the biases and uh, the uh, uh, what they call them? Uh, 
microaggressions is that the word people use now? like for some of the things like the microaggressions that come with being yeah. at like somewhere like a pwi which for those who don't know pwi is predominantly white institution um mm-hmm. so some what would fiu be because it's mainly hispanic people. uh fiu we'll is not for that. yeah it's, it's it's not a pwi but it's yeah, it's, it's I, yeah <laughs> i i don't know i i, I feel like even being a minority amongst minorities, like you would think that it was like, oh, well, like we're all not white, right? So we all got something in common. And and I, f- I feel like that's when the microaggressions are worse. Really? Because it's, 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 it's that sense of like, okay, well, like this, this system don't want none of us to be here, right? Mm. However, the, it's, it's, it's like this thing that you always go back to like anti like for me and in, in my case specifically anti-blackness is is global right so like even in instances where like none of us are like the the what's considered like the correct quote-unquote like american right we, none of us are the correct skin tone we don't have the correct hair texture none of us we don't have the correct lineage none of, none of us have that however what makes like 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 you said like what makes like the microaggressions and like really like the anti-black racism like still exist even in these spaces is the fact that like it's 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 like twofold there's like one even like from like all of these people coming from different cultural backgrounds like they still hold on to like this act and this anti-blackness that like exists within them right that they're coming from like whatever cultural context there is and then also which is something that i feel like i say a lot it's like non-black minorities still hold on to and try to attain whiteness and that can also look like putting down like black people and like black americans specifically like that like like, that still exists right which is why when i'm like like yeah a lot of people there's a lot of different people from a lot of different places in like miami but like miami is still like real red when it comes to like politics like the whole neighborhoods of miami were like real supportive of trump the founder of the proud boys it's from Miami, like he's Cuban, like, you know what I mean? And so like a lot of these things like always still, like still exist and also definitely still show up while I yeah, was we know you are on in, We know what you guys are on in Florida. You know? Yeah, um, we're, it's something in the we, water. We're not going to go into politics. <laughs> we're not going to go into politics. This is an yeah, political no. show. <laughs> definitely. So, let's talk about when you got to the, uh, the professional workspaces, right? You said mm, you felt mm-hmm. a little bit of that imposter syndrome and things of that nature. Now, Mm-hmm. What did you get your, like, that first job? What was that first job in? Was it in public policy? Was it in, in, in politics? Was it in some type of international relations? Like, what was it in? I was working in, like, civil rights law. Hmm. Yeah. Right, talk about that. Like, what was that experience like being a hijabi, black, Muslim woman? Um, It was... It was interesting in that um, that that's I'm trying to okay. I hope we don't open up no traumatic experiences. Like if this no, really, no. <laughs> if this is really bad, let's just next question. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, this is really. No, no, it's 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 not. It's it it, it was it was interesting. I think. Uh. Um. I think it was the first time where I was really faced with the idea or the thought that 
I wasn't qualified to do the work that I was doing Mm. because of the space that I was in. Um, And I think a large part of the reason as to like why, like the people, some of the people who like I was working with, um, I don't think saw me as being qualified in my position or qualified to speak about certain things um, because I didn't fit, I, I feel like didn't fit a specific um, like mold with which they thought like someone who, who would be qualified to like do certain things would would like would look like. Um, and so like that was that, that was like, I think that was the first time I like ex- experienced that, um, which was very weird for me. Um, and then also just like, again, like that notion of just like anti-blackness exists um, everywhere unless you like actively work against it. Cause I also remember like, like this is a civil rights group where like we're supposed to be doing like the specific kind of work, but like when the mention of like, I don't know, like wanting to work with like, cause it's like when like BLM was also like popping off the time and whatnot, like wanting to work with like a local BLM chapter um, to do some stuff that was specifically related to like that. There was so much pushback from like leadership that I don't think I expected considering the line of work that we're in. Um, there was, and, and, th- and that was just also just like very weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it was it, it was it, it was a learning experience, um, and it definitely, like I said, was the first time where I started to question whether I was qualified to do the work that I was doing, um, and that kind of stuck with me for a few years. I don't think it was until. 2020 really where I like kind of started to be like like I I I kind of know what I'm talking about sometimes you know what I mean but like and I had started that job in 26 2015 so I was there from 2015 to about 2018 um and then it wasn't until 2020 where I started to feel like okay like I I I I can I can, I can kind of do this so yeah so you know, like, was it a certain moment during that period that you really sat to yourself? Like, you know, some moments you just sit and you're like, man, like, is this really, like, should I, like, go on Indeed right now and look for, like, different jobs? Or was it a moment like that? Or do you think it was just the culmination of everything that was going on that some days you just feel down versus up? Um, no, there was definitely, like, a, there, there, so there, it was a culmination of things. But I think there was definitely, like, a specific moment where I was just, like, like dang, um, I would. It was. Um, we were doing a, a fundraising event, and we had. Um, so I was the like events coordinator person. So we had like planned this fundraising event. Um, it was during Ramadan and I had like chosen the topic. I don't remember what the topic was, but I remember that um, as the person to, to like, to like introduce this topic and to talk about like, then to get to like connect. Oh, okay. Let me back up. It wasn't a fundraiser event. It was an inter, it was like an interfaith event. And um, I had chosen the topic to be 
Um, and I can't remember like the, the name of the treaty because I get the two mixed up. But it was a treaty that was signed before the Prophet Wasallam was like the prophet between um, something oh, had the happened. Arab nations. Yeah, from yeah. And he said if the, he had the chance, he would have like he would do it yes. again. Like he would sign. He would like go be a part of that agreement. I forget the name. Um, Yassalam, I just talked about that not too long. Ago. I I, feel, I I always say like the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, but I don't know if that's the right one or not. I don't because there's two, either. and I don't think it's that one. But I can't. My my brain is like shot. Like I promise you, like mm -hmm. po like post COVID stuff is like real. I can't think these days. But anyway, um, and this is so why this podcast I, is virtual. <laughs> No, I'm just, <laughs> 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 no, just like it <laughs> And so I had I had put myself to like talk about this piece because I had um we had just gone over it and like some mass event we had been talking about it recently. Um in my Usra we had just gone over it and then like I had like worked with, I think one of my mentors also just cause like, this was just something that we had been discussing a lot recently. So I was like, I definitely feel like I am like qualified to um, do this, like the short reminder. The point of it was that like, when seeking to like correct injustice, Muslims are encouraged through like our example to work with like interfaith groups. So like groups that aren't necessarily Muslim because of like what the Prophet said, like in regards to this treaty. Um, and so I remember, um, I had put myself on the schedule to, to speak about it because I was like, I've like, I've, I've, I've done the research. I've like mm -hmm. spoken about this in multiple, in multiple spaces. I don't, I think, I don't remember what year this was, but I was like, I know I was like heavily, heavily involved in mass at the time too. So I was like, okay, like I've seen different learned people like we've all like discussed this. I feel very confident in my ability to be able to do this. And when I put my name on the schedule, um, one of the people who we were working with was like, okay, who's going to be talking about this? And I had said that like, I put myself down to talk about it because I felt like I could do it justice. Um, and um, I guess like two individuals who were like above me, weren't sure of my ability to do it. So they had asked like Mike, the person who was like directly ahead of like my director who was ahead of my department about like, okay, Nandi put herself as the person to talk about this. And her response was, well, if Nandi put herself on the schedule to talk about it, then let her talk about it. I have full confidence that she can do it. Um, so I had assumed that I was gonna be the one giving this like presentation i had prepped like i had like done all the things that you need to do before you give before you give a presentation and we get to the interfaith like iftar and um it wasn't until like so we're going through the program like everything's going cool and right when they like make the announcement for the presentation instead of calling my name they call in they call up someone else's name and at that point is when I found out that they had discussed amongst themselves that they didn't think I was qualified enough to give the talk. So without letting me know, they invited someone else to give the presentation. And I didn't uh, find out until I was like literally getting ready to stand up to walk to the front and they didn't call my name. And I was like, oh, wow. okay. And I think that was the moment where I was just like, oh. I like I can't be in this space anymore. Um, I think I stayed until the end of Ramadan. Um, and I was supposed, I think I was, 
at that time I was still like, I'm going to go to law school. So I'm going to just like hold this out because like a, a paycheck is nice. Right. <laughs> For like a next month. But like, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, but yeah, so that that was the then that was the moment that like took years to kind of like come back from because I was like, yeah. Ah, you you, I might have just left. I might have just took my stuff and left. So I'm like, no, I'm just walk out. <laughs> just walk out. Keep the check. Keep everything. Keep my name tag. My mug. What? Like they just. So, so, was this somebody that you knew that they called up to go speak, or was it like, was this somebody um, more qualified some- than you? Uh, it was someone else in the community. Um, I I don't want to say more qualified. I think I think e- e- equally as such. I do know. I found out later that the person who they called up had no idea that this had even gone down, and so like I don't fault that individual like at all because like you just you're just put in the middle of something. How are you supposed to know, right? Because especially if this is coming from like the operations director of the organization, how are you supposed to know, right? Yeah, that's true. Um. But I don't I don't think I would say more qualified. Um, and that's not to like assume, like not to say that I feel like I'm like, oh, this like extreme. Like, I, I, I don't I don't feel that way at all. But I just think that I had full confidence in my ability to be able to do the topic justice and was just like utterly crushed when they didn't call my name up. It was crazy. Like my my mom was there. My aunt and my uncle were there too. And they, I think they knew I was supposed to talk, but like not when. And so like, I think at some point they all like, like glanced over and looked at me and like, they could see that something was wrong. And I just remember hold, like I definitely held it together to the end of the event. And then I was, as I was driving home with my mom, I just broke down and started crying. And I was like, I can't believe it. And she was the one who was like, I need you to quit like immediately. Like you need to turn in your letter. Like it, she had pushed she, she wanted me to quit for a very long time but at that point she was like this is crazy my uncle was on the board of the organization and she was like i'm texting your uncle now because this is ridiculous and i was like no don't do that because i was young and was like i don't want anyone to think i'm a snitch i, sh- I sh- should have let her but yeah you stuck yeah. to the code i call the police now i left that life <laughs> over there. i left that i call the police now i ain't about to deal with y'all <laughs> But you know, speaking, I'm happy you brought up Ramadan, brother Iftar. You brought up our beloved Habibullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like, let's move now to like the space that is the dearest to us, right? The identity that we love the most, our Muslim mm-hmm. identity, right? And let's talk about being a minority in those spaces, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a hijabi, I mean, I don't want to open up a can of worms to see Javis would tell you everything wrong inside the Muslim community <laughs> from now till Kiyama. Yeah, this happened like this. This brother did this to me and this, this, that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or you'll complain about, uh, uh, you know, some black sisters complain about people. You complain about a particular doctor. I ain't going to say his name, but, you know, that conversation we had before this about the, uh, mm-hmm. the flight, you know, the <laughs> particular <laughs> individual. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes, okay. So, yeah. you, you know, but... What talk about you know being a hijabi, a woman inside of Muslim spaces, and then you know let's start with there. What so, what is it like being? Uh, I guess we can't say for everywhere because it varies with each. But your experience, what has your experience been like being a hijabi in Muslim spaces, like a woman at least I should say in Muslim spaces? What's that experience been like? Mm. 
Just okay, woman first. Um, We're gonna get to the black part next. But okay, that, that's what first. I was gonna ask. I was like, it depends on what. First. It definitely depends on the space. Um, it's 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 really it, it it's a thing. Um, I think a I will agree with what you said. A bad thing. Like, well, I feel like it's really hard. I really do think it depends on the space. Like, I'll I'll speak specifically on like South Florida, for example. I it's I think um, not not I think because I know because like I've I've I lived through it right. I, it's exhausting, like like really and truly, um, to the point where. I honestly try not to be involved and enga- and engaged in most community settings because of how exhausting it is. Like, like it's it's 2023, and I am so over the like not like basement, right? Because we're in Florida, so we don't have basements because the basement is water. But like back closet room praying spaces for women that like the masjid. Like mm-hmm. I it the the being in a closed room with with, with no windows and like no no TV, not even a TV to see the imam like for praying because like I, I don't even know like like the reasonings behind it. Um I know in some, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the madhahib where it's like, it's, I think it's Hanafi, where it's more encouraged for women not to come to the masjid, if I'm not mistaken. But you know what? Don't quote me on that. I don't want the uh, Hanafi people to come attack me. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, <laughs> shout out to my Hanafi brothers and sisters. You know, <laughs> no, but yeah, and, and yeah, but I, I, maybe that has to do with, I, I think it's, it's starkly different from how I was raised to view how Muslim women should be treated. And also the examples that I have of like Muslim women in in like community spaces. And so I I think as I've gotten older and, and as I've found spaces where I feel like I, I can thrive in, I have a lot less patience to be in those spaces where that isn't the case. So like I'm very picky about which masjids I, or which masjid I, I, I go to for Juma with my dad. Like if if he's not going to like this one specific masjid, the likelihood of me going with him is like very, very little. And really like it, and outside of being invited to specific events where someone has personally said, hey, I want you to be there. I usually don't go because, like, I, I really don't think men understand like the chaos that goes on on the on the on the, on the woman's side. It's it's just a lot. You it's, it's you, chaos. Like, like, I can hear it. You know what I mean? You know when you know something <laughs> is happening there, but you don't know exactly. And like, Subhanallah. Like, I remember the first time I went, like, because you know, volunteering the masjid, I went to go uh go help like clean up on the sister side when nobody was there, right? Before the Haram mm-hmm. police be like, why are you going on the sister side? I was, I was right? definitely about to make a joke, but go ahead. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Rabbil So I remember <laughs> I went on the sister side and I was just so, I felt like 
a little kid because I'm like, wait, this is what it looks like over here, subhanAllah, right? I'm looking and I said, wait, it's kind of small. <laughs> and then I left. So I'm like, I can only imagine with the children who are running, doing all what they're doing. Because when we pray on the brother's side, you're praying next to some child and they jump on all fours and slap their head on the ground and go into sujood and you have to stop yourself from laughing. You know what I mean? It's like, I can only imagine what's happening on the sister's side, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's uh, the stories. I feel like, like it's, it's, it's like, there's been a lot. There's been instances of like, especially during Ramadan, absolute like tomfoolery, kids mm. like stealing shoes, throwing things across like fences into like abandoned like I don't know church parking lots. Um, one time during Jummah, someone was literally doing yoga in the middle of the khutbah. Huh? Like yeah, like like on the back what? feet again and, and i think a lot of it has to do with like 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 the same reason that like kids will sit in the back of classrooms because uh-huh. when you when you feel like no one can see you you start to do like crazy things random, stuff. random things because and because you're not paying attention because you can't see the teacher the teacher can't see you you don't really know what's going on so you just start doing things um and so while i do think like the sister doing yoga was doing a lot like that's not that's not cool on one Wait, hand so this the is other the middle is, of the khutbah he's like re- like reciting ayat hadith and she just over there stretching like she's just yeah, like yeah yeah <laughs> or like having very loud conversations like full-blown oh. either on the phone or with each other and i'm just like this is like crazy and i do think a large part of the fact is like you don't feel seen or heard so and let me add why to that. i pay attention mm. because that was one theory i had as to why like i know they used to complain about like oh after eid we can't hear the khutbah right and as somebody from my like i i used to like mc events well i still mc events right book me not i host the events <laughs> just play but like i used to like also dj right so i'm like very keen on sound and audio and mm. things of that nature and I'm like, well, the reason they talk, I mean, they should have more adab and, you know, of course, out of respect of the khutbah because the khutbah is like, it's, it counts for two of the rakat, right? For the salat, right? Mm-hmm. Or just in general, right? You have to listen to khutbah for Eid. But mm-hmm. the the sister side, they didn't have any speakers at that time. They improved it now. Now they have speakers, mashallah, everything's good. But they didn't have speakers. So it's like, if you mm-hmm. have all of these children who are yelling and then they can't hear even the khatib, some of them just like, ah, whatever, like you said. They don't feel seen or heard, so then they just say, forget it. After years and years of this happening, it's just mm-hmm. like, whatever. And because, you know, yeah. Eid is a celebration, so of course they want to go. And, you know, they wore their nice clothes. They want to be seen. You know, people want to sh- be with each other. You know, it's a celebratory period, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, for sure. And so I think, I, I think that has a large part to do with like, like I said, I had at, I don't want to say at my big age, cause I'm not that old. Right. But like at the age that I'm at now, it is kind of just like, I don't have the patience to deal with that when I feel like I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so my response is to disengage. And I, I don't, I won't say that it's correct, but I think for where I'm at right now, it, it works for now. And if you want to look from an Islamic like perspective, right? Like, I mean, of course, like it's encouraged you go to the masjid to pray, like the the salat. 
and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But like, for example, like the most, the the most like all men have to go to Jumu'ah prayer, right? Like it's far in mm-hmm. all the madhahib for men to go, right? If I'm not mistaken, but for women, it's not. So it's like you at least even per Sharia rise, like at least Islamically, like you're not like really breaking any laws by not going, right? But it mm-hmm. is better if we have the whole community there, right? Because you know, I always have this theory that, and it's a realistic theory. If the mothers aren't engaged in the community, then the children will more than likely not be as engaged in the community, right? At least yeah. in that beginning period, which is very crucial and critical for them because that's their formative years, right? Maybe as they mm-hmm. get older, they decide, ah, let me go see for myself and let me do this and do that. But like, at least to really have an attachment to the masjid, right? Like it's very important, right? It's a very central piece to our lives. At least it should be as Muslims, you know? So- mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten involved in the uh, masjid like politics? You know, being on a board, uh, uh, doing any volunteer work. You know, that's that's an episode I'm gonna definitely do. We're gonna talk about some horror <laughs> stories from volunteering because it's a couple of them I know people got. Yeah, that's actually hilarious that you asked that question. Dang. Um, I don't think I've ever mentioned masjid politics issues with you. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I was definitely involved in in issues of like meshed politics quite recently, actually. So that that's definitely been a thing. But I also feel like in, in wait, the don't time, use don't use the podcast to sneak this, nobody, please don't. That's also that's also shots. why I was like, and that's and why I, I told it down <laughs> And then your mom at this. Like, no, please don't. <laughs> and, uh. um, but yeah, no, def- I, it's meshed politics, I feel like, is, is just, it's it's part of the game you play when you want to do, like, community work. I think I, it's, it's unfortunate. And I think the nature of the politics is the same, like, across... The, like it doesn't matter what kind of mission you go to, it's the same exact issue, the same kinds of people, mm-hmm. and it's just again like exhausting. Um, and I think, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I, it's still too fresh to like to to like feel like I can like come back and be fully like involved um but I also um recognize that like work still needs to be done so my my work around is just be like okay well I'm just not gonna work with like this specific message for a while but I'm gonna do work in other spaces which, which which I do and I think that's like the alhamdulillah like the beauty of things being online and us being able to be a lot more connected is that like the work doesn't have to stop just because issues arise so that are did whatever hmm? so so and so did whatever like you can still... yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so yeah like meshed politics i think that also, that's, it's, it's just it's it's the name of the game and i think if you're like if politics is your thing um, then that's like a battle that like you guys can like take on 
like who are like who are our politicians in mass right now? We got Munira and, and Abdul and Abdul, Abdul Akbo. Oh my gosh! Uh-huh. Like like that's y'all's fight, and like I'm here to support. But like, <laughs> you said, yeah, that's not keep... involving me. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think that's one thing that does definitely uh, people who are. I, I think that the bad be, bad behavior and actions of those who aren't regulars at the masjid or those who are just ignorant turns away the casual people who come to the masjid, in particular youth. But then mm-hmm. those people who are really like really sincere, hardworking people who try to come and volunteer, sometimes, not even sometimes, majority of the time, masjid politics is what turns them away. You know, once they get on the back end and really see what's going on, then it's like, Either they get burnt out or just just like, ah, why waste my time, right? Like, I, I can be mm-hmm. doing something else, you know? Because you, like you said, it, it is politics, you know, at the end of the day. You mm-hmm. have to learn how to navigate it. And not everybody's a politician, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know enough if it should necessarily be like that or if it's like those people just need to learn politics or if it's a little bit of both, you know? But, you know, as we transition, let me go. To, let's go to the next part of that, the next part of your identity, being a black Muslim in these spaces in particular, mm-hmm. like a black Muslim woman, you know, so what, what has that experience been like for you personally being a black Muslim? And like specifically in like larger Muslim spaces or just like in, I don't know. My, my Ooh, let's do a comparative existence. one. Let's talk about okay. the, uh, uh, being a black Muslim in where you, What's the which, what's the term you just used? You said in like majority spaces, or which what did you just say? I said in Muslim spaces, or just like as a part of my existence. In Muslim spaces, let's say. Okay, so we're starting off with that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, um, <laughs> I think my is <laughs> this. Everyone loves this topic. It's like, so what is it like? Um, it it's. I feel like I've used the word. I know. I can't really. Like I've never like. I don't know what it's like. like. You don't know. He's like I, no, I I've never actually like. been black in no, any no, space, no. really. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, it's 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 been a story of like trials and rewards. I that that's how I would describe it. I think um, there's definitely been instances where. And experiences that have really made me question, like, the ummah as a whole. Um, to really just be like, and I, I don't I don't know if it sounds bad to say or not, but, like, in my mind, it's like, y'all say you fear God, but act like this. Like, that's crazy. Um, no, you shouldn't be afraid to say that statement. <laughs> and, I, and, and I feel like it is. And I, and I think whenever those, like, Because it even relates to, like, up, the musty politics, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, no, it, it really does. And I, I think, which is like a whole different like conversation or what of like, but yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think I've had experiences where like things like that have like like blatant, just off the wall craziness has happened where I'm just like, that's like, like, I, I can't believe we're still acting like this. Right. Um from like, I don't know, I think an undergrad when like folks still thought like 
like or when non-black Muslims thought like using the n-word was still like an okay thing to do and having to be like no you can't do that um and then those annoying conversations that would have to ensue from that um to like like the, the I guess mic, the microaggressive things, the weird questions about how long have you been Muslim for? Oh, I didn't know you could. Your Arabic is really good. Um, I didn't know you, you pronounce things really well. Um, I didn't know you knew how to pray. Like th- things like that, that really just make you be like, like, like these are wild statements coming from like people who you thought like you were close to, who you felt like should know better. Um, and I think that's like, that's always the thing, especially within the Muslim community and why like the, those instances like hurt more is because it's like, I feel like, like we should know better. And I think like undergrad MSA, a lot of that was kind of just like, a lot of folks are still at that like, weird age where like they're not really like mature even though like they're in their 20s um so i found out this summer is that like i was abnormal at like 23 um and that the rest of like i think the world's 23 year olds are just a lot more immature than i remember them being um and so like that's like one thing but even like because this is like the remastered podcast right like even in like instances in like mass where like things would happen um and I think, unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, when instances like that happened in mass, I was a lot less forgiving than in any other space that I've been in. Specifically because I'm like, yo, like we we know so much better than to like act like this. Like, like we we teach to not do these things. So whenever they occur or like instances happen or like my friends who are like black, regardless of like where in the diaspora they're from who are, who are or were involved in mass tell me things and I'm like, like our, like our third VA handbook like teaches the exact opposite of how we're acting. So like how, how am I supposed to react and feel in these situations? Um, were these things... So, were these mm-hmm. instances specifically like in the uh mind like these were minority instances, right? Yeah, well, so yeah, so right because we had like the whole like minority majority um mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think so in larger society, right? Because I think like that's why I say like asked about whether or not we're talking about like within the Muslim community versus like without or outside of it. So, like, outside of the Muslim community, I actually, I think I had, like, my first, like, racial incident of my life this past summer. Um, And, alhamdulillah, like, I think, (laughs) I think it was just, like, Allah's way of, like, protecting me. Um, Where, like, there hasn't really been an instance as I have occurred in my life where, like, I've experienced, like, blatant racism um, from the majority, um, the only time I can ever, like, and I think a lot of that has to also do just, like, purposefulness of, like, where my parents sent us to, like, school, when we were in, like, um, 
K through 12, like what schools we went to, the communities that they surrounded us in, the neighborhoods that they had us in, like that just wasn't an issue. Um, I think like Black Muslims in like Black spaces, regardless if they're Muslim or not, tend to have an easier time navigating um, versus being in like majority like PWI spaces. Um, And so... I didn't really experience anything for being like black or Muslim outside of like the Muslim community. I think a lot of the instances where I've experienced microaggressions, um, really microaggressions, because I don't think even like there hasn't been like blatant like racism, right? Because that's just not socially accepted anymore. Um, Has it has really only happened in Muslim spaces. that's very interesting that you say that, mm-hmm. you know, that like majority of your instance, but you know, you would think it would be the the reverse, right? That outside mm-hmm. you would have more experiences that were negative as far as the non-Muslim world, you know, because when you look at mm-hmm. the media, right, it's blatant hate towards just people that look like you, right? On both mm-hmm. sides of the religion and as well as the ethnicity, like it's just blatant hate that's constantly spewed out, you know? And because it's constantly put out, it, it subconsciously forms people's opinions, ideas, um, and then they act certain ways towards you, you know? Now, of course, this mm-hmm. is a very large topic that, like, we could go on hours and hours for, you know? But let me ask you this, right? Let's say if you were to go back and you were to advise Nandi or you were to advise some girl who's from uh, Bangladesh or some girl who's from China, some girl who's from Czechoslovakia, some girl from Ghana, right? Some girl from Iowa, right? These all these little girls in front of you, and you're to advise them. They're all Muslims, right? And you're to mm-hmm. advise them about being a Muslim woman, being a hijabi, being black, being a minority ethnicity, and how to navigate that from age. Let's say, what what age people really become aware of things? Let's say from like seven to twenty five, right? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? focus and hone in on their like on on their self-confidence because from what I've been taught and from what I've experienced the more sure you are of yourself and of your beliefs um the more people are going to respect that and it makes it easier to navigate when things get difficult. Um, And there's always going to be someone or something that comes along and tries to like tear you off that. But as long as your like foundation is strong and you're sure of who you are, you're sure of your purpose on this earth and you're, you're sure that like, as long as I'm doing what what I need to do and as long as I'm continuously working on myself and fulfilling my promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that like like he's got your back and so like and even in, in to like walk the earth knowing that and act actively like act acting on that. Um and, and, and it can be hard. Um, it, can, it can be very difficult, especially when 
there are people and and all of the things that exist specifically to like to 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 knock you from that knowledge of yourself uh but having a strong sense of who you are having a strong hold onto onto the dean and and really just being like I've decided that this is what I want to do for my life. I've decided that like Islam is my way of life. This this is what I've committed myself to for all of eternity, for as long as I exist on this world. And that 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 thought and that idea is what's going to get you to the end. Because when when you have it in your mind that like nothing else matters, like you'll you'll distractions will come, but when you really have it deep deep in your heart that like literally nothing else matters as long as I'm pleasing my Lord and doing what He tells me I need to do, it makes those it makes the hard decisions and and the hard times a lot easier. It makes wearing for me it makes wearing hijab easier because regardless of the the looks and and the glares and like the comments like like what other people say starts to matter a lot less when we know where what when I know what my end goal is right especially like for those who are getting ready to go to university like the peer pressure to do to 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 go to the parties to drink to do all of those things I remember one, there was an instance one time where I had a friend who was like, can you just like stop being Muslim, like take a couple of shots and then like just start being Muslim again. And I was like, one, that's crazy. Two, I'm not going to hell for you. Like, and that, and, and it was a joke, but I really, I, I approach and I approach a lot of things like that, even like a multitude of things, like any type of distraction that came, like, and I said it in a way that like, of course, like would make myself and others laugh, but like, really, I just feel like I'm not risking like eternal damnation to like have a good time for like 20 minutes. Um, and when you when you fully believe in like the the benefits and, and also like the consequences of your actions, I feel like that 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 helps a lot. As harsh as it might sound, but but yeah, just be like, I I'm not going to hell for you guys. Sorry, but not sorry. I'm gonna go study in the library. Wow, Marukullah Fiki. That's that's really that was really beautiful. That's a really nice way to wrap things up. You know, I think that we definitely seen that being a minority, uh, uh, it very it varies on the context of the situation, right? You could be a minority in spaces or you could be a majority right and that can't dictate how you act but the biggest thing is to do your best to um be understanding of your situation the people around you Mm -hmm. um do your best to be sincere towards those people right um because at the end of the day right you never know where you'll be where you'll end up and death Mm -hmm. is one of those places as well right so like nandy said just keeping uh that on your mind about you will return to your lord right and uh taking those proper actions you know i think that um i don't know it's just very interesting to sit and think about the whole dynamic of uh once you think about death like okay i'm black i'm white or i'm from egypt i'm from pakistan i'm from you know in reality it's like you are but it's like you're like the muslim identity is way stronger 
right? Because it mm. gives you your way of life. It gives you your principles. You inherit a culture, right? But it's also like when you die, like you're not going to say, oh, yeah, when they raise you back or they ask you the questions in the grave. Yeah, I was uh, I was from the east side of Jersey. Oh, mashallah. Okay, yeah. Going to <laughs> no, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's nothing like, it, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, I was from, I was, I was from, I'm from Cairo. Yeah. Oh, okay. You spoke Masada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. No, it's none of that, right? But mm-hmm. it's more so about the, the the heart of the person and the actions, you know, and following the ways mm-hmm. of our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like him, trying to please your Lord, like you said, um, I couldn't have said it any better. Eh, any better? I said better, like brother. I don't know if I'm thinking about brother. Shout out, brother. Um, uh, <laughs> once again, thank you for being on the show. Jazakallah khairan. Um, please, you guys check out the revi- revive packets for this month. Um, uh, please share this episode if you uh, liked it. Um, subscribe to the YouTube. Share with uh, your friends. Comment below. Tell us what other things you would like to hear on that podcast. Um, also, uh, AIM Conference, for those who are interested, Phoenix, Arizona, September 1st through the 4th. That's going to be really nice. Um, will you be attending? I am unsure. You took too long to answer. I stuck it a lot. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm, I'm going to try, inshallah. You know, I think this is your last time being on the show. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, anyways, brothers and sisters, this is the Remaster Podcast. You guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us for anything we may have said that may have been unsatisfactory on this show or any of the shows. And we pray he accepts the good deeds from us and our actions. And we pray he blesses all of us in our ummah. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. Assalamu alaikum. See you guys. Right. Assalamu alaikum.